It's Wednesday, and I'm intentionally recording the podcast uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday the 22nd of February, um, rather than just my haphazard, you get them whenever I manage to pull my finger out of my arse. Um, yes, I'm inten- intentionally recording today, because today being the 22nd of February, and tomorrow being the 23rd of February, that's usually how it works, um, is the beginning of pre-season testing for the upcoming Formula 1 season. And that means I won't talk much more sport here um, today. Um, and then the next time I probably record a podcast, um, it'll probably mostly be motorsport. Um, pre-season testing, this year it's, it's only three days um, and it's exclusively uh, held in Bahrain, um, as is the modern way with Formula 1. Um, unfortunately, it's not in Barcelona, as it has been for the last several years, because I actually probably would have went over for a day um because you can you can attend testing sessions um i know when it was in spain last year i think it was only like 12 quid or something to get a ticket to go in to, and you watch all the action Um not a bad way to spend 12, 12 quid and why not spend a couple of days in barcelona but yeah it's not in barcelona this year it's, it's exclusively in bahrain and only three days of testing um which isn't a lot a lot at all um i'm kind of i'm kind of pro that i think less testing time is good um because it's you know it throws in more variables for things to go wrong um when the season starts um sorry for the m's but um yeah i won't go on too much about it because um i'll talk about it next time um and pre-season testing it's it's hard to really take much away from it because you really don't know um what way people are running their cars whether they're sandbagging what setups they're running in but to be fair in the last couple of years it's never, it's kind of been pretty transparent. Those who were good were good, and those who were bad have been bad. Um, and like you can always tell then, you know, if those who are are having any reliability issues, reliability will create will generally rear its head. Um, in testing, um, although last year, Red Bull didn't have much unreliability unreliability issues in testing. Um, and then they broke down in the first couple of races. Um, Ferrari had bulletproof reliability in testing um, and then their reliability caught up with them later on in the year anyway I'm not going to talk much Formula 1 um, the only other thing I'm going to mention uh, ahead of the preseason testing is Lance Stroll he of Aston Martin um, whose father Lawrence Stroll owns the Formula 1 team and partly why he is still in Formula 1 not that I I'm not saying he's a terrible driver I think he gets a bit too much slack um, but he's most certainly still on the grid and got there due to money and his powerful father but um he he's going to miss uh pre-season testing because he injured himself training um the full details of how or, or what he did uh, are are not entirely clear there are some rumors going around that he's broken his wrist um so felipe drugovic is um is going to be standing in from at pre-season testing some people thought um Fernando Alonso, who has now joined Aston Martin F1, was going to do all three days. Um, but no, um, Felipe Drugovic will be doing uh, at least some of the at least some of the, the the preseason testing work for Aston Martin. He is if Drugovic, He is the he's the current Formula Two champion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the fact that he's doing a couple of days testing and it's not just all at the hands of, of Fernando would make you think they're lining him up to maybe even do the first couple of races um because if, if lance has broken his wrist i'd be surprised if he well he'll, he'll probably miss bahrain the first race and i think the, i think there might be then a there might be a three-week break then before the second race which is in Jeddah. so maybe he might make that 
Um, but you could see him possibly missing the first race because the first race is the first weekend of March, so we have preseason testing, and then it's straight into the season essentially. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reel in there, and that's that's all I'm gonna say about um, Formula Formula One because um, next week it will just be mostly Formula One and there'll be a lot of Formula One chat then for the next several months because season, the season will be underway. It comes around fast these days. Back when back when I was a lad, the season would end around mid October, and then you wouldn't hear anything about them until April. Um, well, you would. People like me, nerds, would read magazines um, and keep their finger on the pulse. Um, but now we just try to survive social media and the extended championship. It never seems like Formula One is far from our thoughts. Um, and then the <clears throat> other most part, there wasn't, there was no WRC. I think the next WRC event is it's mid-March sometime. It's Rally, is it Rally Mexico? I think it's Rally Mexico. And so there's no rallying. I don't think there's any major motorsport over the weekend. Um, not that I noticed because I was away at the weekend, which I'll get to in a moment. But um, first I'll do my normal talking about anything that's going on in the world of motoring. Um, sad news, I think it was just announced today, um, that the, the, the Bentley W12 engine, they've announced that it will, well, not surprisingly, I think we all knew it was going to happen, but they've fully, fully announced that the the W12 engine is finally going to go out of production and they're going to stop making them in 2024. Um, there's a rendering on, I don't know if it's typical, what would be the replacement um, for the current Continental GT um, of, a, of a Bentley. Um, I'm not too sure. I just, I just I very much skimmed um Skim read the article because um, it was only announced today. Um, it's a strange looking thing. It, it look if I was to just take a passing glance on it, I would have said it's uh, it's a Genesis. It's a strange looking thing. Um, go into Pissing Heads and, and look up the the article on the W12 um, and read it, um, unlike I did, and have a look at the picture. You'll, you'll see the picture I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, no more twelve cylinder um, Bentley um, W12 engine. It's a sad. That's a characterful engine. Um, as good as a V12, I don't know. I, I don't have enough, enough experience in 12-cylinder cars, unfortunately, to say. But um, still, an interesting thing and a sad thing to see go. Um, not a whole lot. Oh, probably one of the most interesting things that happened in the last couple of days. Um, Mitsuoko have uh, confirmed the the uh, the reintroduction of reintroduction reintroduction of the the Vute. Uh, the, the Vute, which has that, you know, as I'm sure you all know, the um, pseudo-British-styled uh, cars that come out of Japan, um, and the Vute being the one that was based on Nissan Micras, with the kind of kind of Mark II Jag front end on it. Um, they're bringing it back. It's actually not based on Nissans anymore. The, this new one's going to be based on the current Yaris. Um, and yeah, all power to them. Um, the world's a better place with Mitsuoko Vutes. Um, they're silly, but silly in a good way. Um, I just now want to win the Euro Millions uh, and then commission them to do one based on the GRRs, um, because that would just be batshit crazy. Piston heads um, are 25 years old this year, and they've been running a couple of uh, votes, you know, to vote for the best sports car, hot hatch and stuff, um, of the last 25 years. So while they're while they've been making. So I got disturbed by a phone call there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so voting for Best of Hope 
there's one they, they did the sports car one already um, which I'll touch on again in a moment because it correlates with a story I'm going to tell in a moment but they now have up for the, the one they have up now at the moment is vote for the best uh, hot hatch of the of the next 24 years so I'm going to vote for this now and you're going to join me on, on the uh, you're going to join me on this adventure so how do we do here we go short list and vote now what is on the short list whoa it's long so I'll, I'll skim through this quickly uh, Arbarth 695 Beposto Alpha 147 GTA Audi RS3 BMW M140i 128Ti Citroen Saxo VTS uh, Leon Cupra Or uh, Focus RS Mark 1 Focus RS RS500 that's the Mark 2 one isn't it um, Mark 3 Focus RS Fiesta ST Mark 7 Fiesta ST Mark 8 Civic Type R EP3 uh, Super Type R FK8, uh, i30N, i20N, AMG A45S, MGZR160, Mini GP or 53, Mini GP or 56, 106 Rally, uh, 306 Rally, 208 GTI by Pewter Sport, Clio V6 Phase 2, Clio 182 Trophy, uh, Clio 200, um, Megane 275 Trophy, Megane 300, Impressa WX STI. Suzuki Swift Sport, um, the, the, the first generation one, GR Yaris, Astra VXR, VXR Club Sport, Golf R32 Mark IV, Golf GTI Mark V, Golf R Mark VII, Golf GTI Performance Mark VII, and the Volkswagen Up GTI. Okay, there's quite a few there, and there's plenty there that you could write off straight away. Um, I'll select up to three, okay. Uh, I haven't driven and I don't think I've driven any of these cars well I have I've driven I've driven one or two of them but um, I'm going to have to base all of this voting on I'm going to vote for the Toyota, Jar- G- Toyota Yaris GR Yaris because um, one I have a mate who owns one and I've been in it and it was great and I think we can all we can all surmise that it's one of the best cars to come out in the last decade so we'll give the GR Yaris a nod um, one eight two trophy because it's obviously there's been too much praise leaped on that. Um, the normal round sport Clio's are great, and the trophy is the cream of the crop. Um, okay, so we've one more vote. So I voted for the GRRs, the Clio one eight two trophy. Who to give my third vote to? I do like the Mark II RS Focus, but the RS five hundred one. I think it's it's too it's too much of a expensive run out special obviously the trophy was kind of as well um, do you know what I'm going to I'm going to vote for the Hyundai i30N because again I, which correlates into a story I'm about to tell in the moment I bought <clears throat> sorry I bought the most recent issue of Evo and they have a group test between the new Type R Civic Type R the i30N the Audi RS3 and the Mark 8 um, golf or 20th anniversary or whatever it's called and the overall winner the shock horror goes to the Civic Type R but the i30N ran it very close and from reading the article I won't spoil any of it because in case you want to read it yourself but the um, although I've given you away the, the results um, the, 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 the i30N is probably the better all-rounder um, compared to the compared to the, the Civic and um, the Civic is very much focused um, 
and focus. Like it's it's more on settling stuff on bumpy roads, but obviously you get the payoff when things get a bit smoother and you know much faster. Little bit of that there. But um, yeah, and obviously then the the i30n is significantly uh, less expensive than the uh, than the Civic and the other two. Um, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna vote for the i30n. So I've gone for the Giro Yaris, uh, Clio Trophy, and the i30n. Um, of all three of them, the only one I'd realistically probably want to own. I wouldn't mind a Giro Yaris, um, but a 102 Trophy, I would I would absolutely. I'd give away my. I'd say I'd give away my left leg for a one two trophy, but then I wouldn't be able to operate the clutch, um, which would kind of defeat the purpose. So submit. Um, I look forward to seeing how that goes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all. There's not hasn't really been a whole lot of motoring news other than that. Um, so the story. Sorry, jeez, I'm fucking now knocked over my microphone. Uh, the story I was alluding to. So weekend just gone. If you follow me on social media, you'll notice I was in Stuttgart and I went to Stuttgart um, to visit the home of Porsche and Mercedes um, and I decided to get myself a rental car because you can't you can't seem to get a direct flight into Stuttgart from Dublin and um, so I flew into Frankfurt rented, got myself a rental car and so I'd drive to my hotel in Stuttgart and I decided you know I'd go a little I won't say all out it wasn't particularly expensive but you know rather than just going for the cheapest option which I tend to do because I kind of like that. The cheapest option gives you a small little hatchback that you can just thrash, which is fun in itself. Um, but I decided I'd render myself a Mazda MX-5 or similar. And to my surprise, when I got to the uh, to the rental desk, I actually got myself an MX-5. Um, now, I got to the sixth rental de- desk at uh, Frankfurt Airport at about quarter past nine and got to my MX-5. In time, I got you know my phone set up and got in comfortable bags in and all ready to go it was about 9 30 and from the get-go i really felt like yes this was going to be a good weekend with the mx5 and um, as i was saying I, I, just before i left pissing heads uh announced the results of the, the best sports car of the last 25 years um on their website now the, the mx the the nd mx5 didn't win um but that went to the, the Lotus Elise, first, uh, the first generation Lotus Elise. Um, but the ND, Focus, uh, the ND, the ND MX-5 uh, came fifth. It was only beaten by the uh, the 4-liter uh, Cayman GTS and the 997 Carrera and the Honda S2000. Um, so the only car that's still currently in production. So technically it's the best sports car still in production, according to the readers of Pistonheads. So I read a little bump about it and just fueled my excitement of, of having one for the weekend. So yeah, I got in and you know, straight away you can feel it, the, the car. I was snug in the seat, like, well, because I'm six foot four and it's a, not a particularly commodious car, but it fit. And it's all wrapped around you, that legendary gear change. Um, you could feel just the tightness of the controls. It's all going to be great. Um, even though it was late night and it was pretty chilly, I, I put the roof down because I have the mantra of if you're going to drive a convertible car, it's not raining, you shut the roof down. And then 30 minutes into my two-hour journey, the uh, tire pressure monitor light came on. I was like, hmm, that's not great. Um, I'll, I'll pull in at the next petrol station and investigate that. Um, but before I even had a chance to do that, the rear end got really squirrely. So I pulled over and I got out and uh, the passenger side rear tire was completely flat. Zero PSI. 
um, which wasn't great because I was in the middle of God knows fuck all where fucking Germany. Um, so I rang the sixth uh, assistance number uh, and the guy who answered spoke um, English, which is great because I'm a, I'm a Luddite and I don't speak German. Um, or a Philistine, I should say, rather than a Luddite. Um, and he was like, do you know where you are? And I was like, I have no fucking idea. Um, he's like, I need to know where you are. And I was like, so I was scrambling through Google Maps, giving them names, bases he couldn't really find. But then eventually we worked out where I was. He's like, okay, I will get uh, assistance to you. Uh, it may take up to an hour. I was like, all right, no problem. Thank you. So I waited about a few minutes sitting in the car. Um, and about 15 minutes later, I got a phone call from uh, ADAC, um, which is kind of like the German version of the AA. Um, like, hey, hello, uh, you are broken down in, in the master. Uh, I was like, yeah, do, and you um, you are, I can't remember the name of the street, I was on like Weltwald or something. Um, and where would you like us to bring the car? I was like, uh, can I go back to Frankfurt Airport, please? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, I don't know then, man. He's like, I, I will call you back. I was like, okay, cool. Then 45 minutes passed and I didn't receive any phone call back. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, is there any hotels near me I can stay in? Am I going to be fucking sleeping in this MX-5? Do I just leave it here in the middle of nowhere? Can I park here? Small bit of panic setting in. Um, and then as I was about to just throw the keys in the in the field and put a freeze on my credit card um the adac man came along in his truck a lovely guy rolf got out didn't have a word of english um but he managed to communicate with me we both managed to communicate by using google translate in our phones Um he then gave me his business card with the information of where the car was going to be brought to um and he rang me a taxi all good and taxi man came along just as he was loading the mx5 onto, the, onto his flatbed the taxi driver whose name escaped me he was lovely brought me back to frankfurt airport i got back to frankfurt airport at quarter to 12 and the sixth i googled it the sixth desk closed at, at midnight so i ran from where he dropped me off and into the terminal i get to sixth explain the situation and immediately they were very helpful considering they were just about to clock off the only problem was it being close to midnight um the only thing that was left that they could give me was a gray mark 8 volkswagen golf um which was fine it's a golf um you know it drove like, immediately it drives nicely it's it's not going to blow your socks off but it's very refined very comfortable i must say and um, i didn't get bum ache backache at any point um yeah not not an mx5 but at that point i just wanted a car because it was midnight and i you know a, a little bit over two hours of journey um, to Stuttgart I got to my hotel at 2.30 and yeah I just jumped straight into the bed um, the next day then I woke up um, and I went straight firstly straight to the Mercedes because I've been to Stuttgart before and I've been to the Porsche Museum before so I said start with Mercedes and um, class time I was there I was violently hung over I went to go see the National in the Porsche Stadium um, convenient enough Um going to see the national again this year in dublin this time they're playing in september if you wish to go see them um but i did go into porsche um steaming hungover and i was it was enjoyable but i was hanging and i was sweating 
Um, so I decided, yes, I'll, I, I will return. And they ro- rotate the cars in there quite often as well. So, you know, there's no harm. It's one of those things you could do it once a year and still enjoy it. But anyway, I went to Mercedes first. had never been. Um, got there at 9 o'clock. Um, oh, yeah. Germany in on a Sunday. Nowhere is open um, for, like, super supermarkets or grocery stores. Um, and I didn't pay for the breakfast in the hotel that I was staying in. So I was like, I'll, I'll get a coffee and something to eat when I get to Mercedes. Um, so the museum opens at 9 o'clock. Um, but the cafe or restaurant doesn't open until 10. So I was like, oh, jeez, I was famished. Hadn't eaten since I had a sandwich on the plane, which was very good. Lufthansa, Lufthansa flight over was actually very good. I must admit, um, the food was good that I bought. They even get, they give you a free bottle of water and a free Lufthansa chocolate. Um, it being being a late flight to a non destination city, I had a whole road to myself. Um, and we were up and down for days before I even knew it. Um, but yeah, so I hadn't eaten since the sandwich I had on Lufthansa flight. Um. I didn't really feel like standing around for an hour, so I said, "Fuck, it, I'll just go and do. I'll do the the trip around the museum, and eat afterwards." Um, which was fine. My hunger kind of evaporated as I got distracted by the cars. So it's a wonderful, wonderful museum. And um, you start at the top and kind of spiral down, and it goes down chronologically um, from the very early days, from the beginning, and um, from before when they just started making their their static engines all the way up to modern day. Um, loads of heritage motorsport cars, road cars. It's a beautiful, like I say, it's a beautiful building. There's loads of interesting things. There's kind of like little side art bits and stuff like that. Um, so even if you weren't a car person or you had a non-car person with you, they would definitely get some enjoyment out of it. Um, yeah, it's fast. It's just a, just so much good stuff on display. The building is beautiful. It's, it's kind of Art Deco has cool like future retro future futuristic lifts in it to go up and down. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend going to the Mercedes Museum. Um, Sundays is a because because obviously there's hardly any shops open. Um, yeah, any place of of interest or culture in Germany then gets very busy on a uh, of a Sunday. Um, in Germany, I don't know if that sentence came out right. Um, so I I got there early, so I kind of beat the crowds. But as I was leaving, it was really starting to get busy. Um, so then I left. I I, well, I had my lunch in the Mercedes um, Museum, which was which was. I had a, a, a salmon bagel, which is lovely, and, and a coffee. Um, <clears throat> you can park there um, in the multi-story park, car park, charge you by the hour. Um, I think I paid eight fifty for the whole time I was there. Then I drove uh, straight over to um, to Porsche. Um, you can park there as well. Um, but if you, if you go to the museum and do the tour, um, not not the guided tour, if you go, if you go to enter the museum and park in their car park, um, it's four euro to park your car there and you can stay there as long as you want um so yeah i had another coffee and then i went on the tour and porsche and i really really took it in this time because i wasn't hung over and it was it was very busy being it was middle of the day and being a sunday in germany um but I, I i really took it in i really soaked up every single car on display and again so much heritage in in the Porsche and they start from the beginning and then go all the way to modern day and you can get there's no barriers or anything you can get right up and close to the cars like I was right up against the um what was the name of the, the Porsche um the, the Formula One car the uh, the eight oh four which uh, Dan Gurney drove I think he won the French Grand Prix was it nineteen sixty two I think it was um like a dainty lovely little um. Formula One car, cigar shaped Formula One car in you know, in silver. That was the German racing color of the time. Um, so small, like, 
and compact and just it's just it's just a chassis and an engine and some spindly suspension essentially um, a flat eight engine and it's just like like I like literally had my head in the cockpit and like it's where Dan Gurney sat and drove the car it's just it's just fascinating you can get up right up to the Can-Am cars the the 907s the 917s brilliant just concept cars uh, specials again if you've never been I highly suggest you go um, they're both worth a visit they're both excellent museums um, worth the trip you know what I mean and Stuttgart's Stuttgart's a nice city as well I must say um, you know most of it was leveled obviously in the in the war um, it's nice it's a very kind of very very germanic very kind of bavarian town even though it's not bavaria um yeah go 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 to stuttgart go to the museums they're great um that evening then i uh i decided to have a few beers because when in when in germany you should probably drink some beer um first time i drank um i i decided to take a break after after christmas because it was hectic so i hadn't drank in six weeks um but when in germany and then so i had a few beers and then when i got back to my hotel room um I did the stupid thing of bidding uh, on a, a Saab, a first-gen Saab 9.3. Um, that's up for sale. And last I checked, I haven't got any notifications since. I should probably double-check. Um, I have the highest bidder on this uh, Saab, um, which I really don't want because it's an automatic, red automatic um, Saab 9.3 with uh, spurious hole caps on the rear. Uh, the temperature gauge doesn't work, and I think it said there's a, there's a bracket missing from like the steering rack or something. Anyway, let me see if I'm uh, let me see if I'm still the highest bidder. Bollocks, I am. Yeah, I put a bid on of three hundred and thirty-seven euro, and um, there's still four days left on it. Um, but I fear I'm going to end up with a with a with a sad that I don't want. Um, what was what was this bit they said was broken on it? Steering rack mounting broken under servo. Um. Hopefully someone outbids me. Uh, ninety thousand miles and ninety two thousand miles, and the, um, the engine and gearbox are probably in good condition. Um, and the NCG just out since since December. Uh, two liter S. Um, look, if I end up with it, I end up with it. But um, I don't really want it. So hopefully, moral of the story: don't bid on cars when you're drunk. Um, it's a silly thing to do. Um, yeah. So then. My plan, my original plan was I was gonna go, to, I was gonna go do, the, I was gonna do Porsche and Mercedes on on the Monday of my trip, um, because you know worst case I also had to get back to Frankfurt for my flight home, so I was like, look, I'll, I'll do Mercedes, and then if I have to rush, like I can either skip Porsche thing as I've done it before, or I can just do a whistle stop tour of it, um, and what I was gonna do on the Sunday was drive down to Munich and, and squeeze in BMW, but. As I learned before I went, um, yeah, as I said previously, or no, no, I didn't. I said supermarkets were closed on Sundays. But on Mondays in Germany, um, places of culture and interest aren't open. So galleries and museums on a Monday, no. So I, I, I my flight home um, wasn't until I think I think the half nine was the time was due to fly out at. But um, so I didn't have to be in the airport till whatever, like half seven um, at the earliest. Um so I woke up on the Monday morning and the sun was splitting in the sky. It was a beautiful day. Um, so I decided I would take the scenic route back from Stuttgart to Frankfurt. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So you know, I went to Google Maps to said avoid motorways. So it just took me through these endless little 
German towns, um, and then just through this like beautiful like wooded mountain tops and rolling hills, and the roads are beautiful. Now, obviously, if I'd had the MX Five, obviously it would have been even better. Um, I would have had roof down and a playful chassis rather than a dull Volkswagen Golf. But nonetheless, it was so beautiful. It just only highlighted the the issue that I don't have a car at the moment, and I really want one because. Well, I, I did have to get to an airport. I wasn't in any rush, um, and it was just a love. It was just a lovely drive. Um, lots of there's a lot of very interesting cars on the side of the road going through rural Germany that just have like um, shrubbery growing out of them. Um, yeah, and there was lots of interesting stuff that I drove by. I just couldn't. I couldn't stop for them all because I wouldn't have made my flight. Um, but yeah, I, I suggest it. Uh, I would do. I would. I would go to Germany, rent a nice car, go see the museums, and then take a scenic drive because it is absolutely beautiful. And now, obviously, the weather complemented it. But either way, it was it was just brilliant. Um, yeah, so I made it back. Um, although trying to get to the rental car drop off at um, Frankfurt Airport was a bit of a nightmare. They're doing construction. Oh, that's what this is where it's mainly going to come into it. The, the, the 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 Mark Eight Golf or that this whole current generation of Volkswagens the the MMI system the the flat screen flat screen the the touch screen and infotainment comes in for a lot of heat um, and I hadn't really experienced it much myself so I was interested to see how it would go and um, for starters the the interior the Mark Seven Golf is going to go down as a high point. Um, in VW's history because the Mark 8 in comparison one it looks doesn't look as well um, the interior well it's it, as I said it's comfortable and it's nice in other right places the steering wheel was leather lined and stitched and everything um, but for, for night driving like the whole thing is lit up you've got a, a digital dash you've got the, the digital or the touch screen um, uh, loads of buttons on the steering wheel which I kept hitting uh, which I kept turning on the heated steering wheel by mistake which is really annoying and the lane assist on it as well it turns on every time you turn off the car and you have to turn off the lane assist because that is aggressive as fuck um so yeah so it's all lit up everything is it's just a sea of lights which gets really tiring when you're on a on a nighttime drive um but the only part that isn't lit up are the stupid touch sensitive controls um for the heating and the volume well you can well you can just the volume on the steering wheel ground but the the the, the heat controls you can't see them in in the middle of the night, so like everything is lit up except those. There's so there's no there's hardly any physical buttons um, other than the ones on the steering wheel. But even those have been replaced. I think in newer uh, versions, so it's probably one of the last cars to have physical buttons on the steering wheel. Um, so but with the MMI system itself. Now, when I first got in it, and I was just just wanted to get to my hotel at that point after my disaster with the rental car, and um, that was the only time that the oh no, not the only time when I tried to get to my hotel. Um, when I got into it and connected my phone at first, it took a while for it to um, for it to sync the Android Auto to my phone, um, which was kind of annoying. But like, look, like when young teenage lovers connect for the first time, it was just a little bit slow and awkward. But eventually, everything worked out for the best. And then after that, it was pretty faultless. It worked fine. Um, I was able to get around Stuttgart with it. Um, no faults. My music would play. My my podcast would play. The sat nav would work brilliantly. It was perfect. Um. So yeah, I got to Frankfurt. Um, 
a little bit early. So I had a little wander around Frankfurt City because I'd never been there before. Um, really nice city, real kind of very, very modern. Again, would have been leveled in, in the war. That was a really great um, modern architecture. Um, I only had like an hour and a half or so to wander around, but what I saw was great. Grand, got back to the car. Right, let's get to the airport. And this was the, the only time in the three days I had the Volkswagen Golf that the fucking infotainment shit the bed and talk about poor timing like because i didn't know how to get from frankfurt city center to the to the airport and because my phone would connect was connecting to the to the android auto um but the the screen just came up loading settings and it just kept it just kept doing that so the only way to actually turn off so you turn off the car you're it the, the screen stays on you have to open the door for the whole car to shut down open the door close it leave it for 10 minutes close it nothing it's the same thing would happen on the screen and yeah so like because the phone's connected to android auto i can't access google maps then on my phone because it thinks like oh well you can't be using your phone while you're driving like for fuck's sake now thankfully i have ways on my phone as well um so ways got me there but of all the times for the fucking things to fucking crash and freeze was when i really needed it so i thought it was grand i was gonna say look look i think people are overreacting but when i really needed it it shit the bed um but anyway ways kind of got me to the terminal it took three attempts of lapping the fucking airport before i actually found the thick fucking thing thankfully as i always do i left some buffer space so i was grand i was fine i got there um and flew home and everything was fine and great um i got to bed i i, I must stop doing that but i'd like to get value for my money i booked the latest flight home and then i was in work yesterday morning um so i got to bed at i think it was 1 a.m and i was back up for work at five um so that's why this is nonsensical because i'm trying to catch up on my sleep um and I've been rambling like a madman more so than usual. And um, I will try and improve the quality of these podcasts. Um, I just, I'm constantly doing them after work. Um, it's hard to find free time. Um, so yeah, that was my, my trip. Um, I'm sure you've seen all the photos I put up on Instagram. Um, yeah. The next trip I'm going to go on will be more relaxing. But I will try and make a car. Well, I, I am booked to go to the Festival of the Unexceptional, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I have a rental car for that. Um, I'll tie out I go. Um, hopefully that goes plane sailing i have terrible luck with rental cars Um, the time before this i rented well the first mistake was i rented a car through ryanair um which is a mistake the the company i went through the company they gave me i should say was a company called hotel or hotel yeah, rental car by sicily which sounds like a mob front in itself Um, the rental car experience itself was fine but then they just kept continually debiting money out of my account for weeks, um, which I eventually got almost all of it back, although there's still 130 quid that I don't think I'll ever see again. And then the time before that, um, I rented a, a little i10 from Stansted Airport in London. Great little car, great little car for London. Um, again, the rental car experience itself um, was, was fine, but like the, the, the time here now in Germany, trying to find the place to drop the rental cars back to was almost nigh impossible um sat nav wouldn't get me there he just kept bringing me to an underpass um until so i like i eventually found it by talking to a member of staff and he was like yeah this happens to everybody um here's the directions but it took me so long to find it i was rushing for my flight um so i dropped the car off jumped out and just ran to the terminal and it's only when i got through security did i realize i'd left my dslr camera in the boot um, i contacted them they said they couldn't find it. I've never seen that again. So hopefully yeah, my next rental car experience will be less stressful. Right, I'm going to start wrapping up now because I'm rambling like a madman. How long have I been talking for? 
Yeah, just just a little over half an hour. It's better than last week. Last week I spoke for geez, nearly an hour. And what the fuck was I talking about? I don't listen back to these. Uh, I'm sure no one's listening to these. If you are, Jesus, God bless you. Um, so as I as I always do, I will round up with some some things of the week as I as I do. Um, my classified find of the week I'm going to go for it this week is a 1985 Bentley Mulsanne, the six and three quarter liter V8. Um. 140,000 miles. The pictures it's in, is it in Dublin? Yeah, it's in Dublin. Um, the pictures show a very well-presented car. Um, it's, I'm going to assume it's black. I'm colorblind. Um, yeah, a very well-presented car. Well, I'll, re- I'll read the ad description for you. If, um, for a change, I actually have information in front of me. Then, As you probably know, this is me typing away in the background. Uh, 1985, 130,000 miles. Nice and presentable condition throughout. Runs and drives well. Has never failed to start. All these refinement, blah blah blah. It was in very reliable daily use. Um, it's been parked up since Christmas. Four new tires last year. Forty years old, so it's looking at perfect. Um, it's not a concourse car, but it seems like you could use it as a daily driver if you wanted to daily drive a Bentley. The only reason I bring this up is because it was up originally for five and a half grand. He's dropped the price down to four and a half grand. That's a lot of car for the money. I could, I could buy that. I know I shouldn't. Um, it'd be a brave man to buy an old '80s Bentley, but four and a half grand for what looks like a very present. It's not like a, it's. It, I know he says it's not perfect, but it's definitely not a shonky Bentley Mulsanne. So yeah, if you want to have a Bentley, if you want to have a classic Bentley for less than five grand, there you go. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna say that out and see if it's still there in a couple of weeks, and I might. Once I don't win that Saab, fuck that fucking Saab. God, I hope someone outbids me soon enough. I, my bid's at 337 euro. If someone wants a Saab for 400 euro, please outbid me. Um, it's on Dave Goulding cars. Um, Dave Goulding, if you're listening to this, which is unlikely, I don't want that Saab. Please help me out. Um, somebody help me out. I don't want that Saab. Um, so that's my classified find of the week. Um, my song of the week, um, I'm not going to go, well, like, I will pick a song off it, but um, I'm a bit late to the party with this one. You might be familiar with it, but... Not that I'm a music snob. I'm not a music snob at all. If you look at my iPod, it's it's vast and eclectic, and I just love any form of music. But I didn't jump onto Harry Styles, he of One Direction uh, uh, originality. Um, but once I saw that he was winning all the awards, he won the Grammy for Best Album of the Year, and he won the Brit Award as well, I said, I better give this a go. Um, and I listened to it over the last few days, and it's a fucking brilliant album. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, or if you were like me and just kind of dismissed harry styles check out his, his latest album which the name of uh escapes me i know the first song is called oh, it's called harry's house that's what it's called um the song i'm going to pick off it just because it's the first one that comes to my mind uh satellites give that a go if you like that you like the rest of the album um not that harry styles any means but i said like, if you if you if you dismissed him give it a go and if you didn't you probably are like dude john and then, as I always do, I will recommend a YouTube channel, uh, a non-car one this week. Um, I'm going to call it, it's, it's, it's just called Phil Edwards, Phil Edwards Inc. I think it's his at on YouTube. Um, he's a he's a, a very, very, very proficient journalist for Vox. Um, but he has his own little solo YouTube channel. Um, it's relatively new. Um, he has 170,000 subscribers. Um, so, so, you know, get in there and subscribe because he makes these, just these nice, short, very well researched very well edited very well put together and um, videos on just these very interesting things about history and pop culture um 
they're all you know they're they're all about ten minutes or less. Um, they're just it's, it's very good. So check out Phil Edwards. Um, right, I'm gonna stop rambling now. Um, so yeah, next time you speak to me, we will have um gone through preseason testing for the Formula One season, and we will be previewing then the actual season itself. So that's probably what I'll be discussing when I next speak to you. If anyone is listening, and um, if you are listening, thank you. I love you. Be safe. Be well. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.